Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Going Up Cast, where this week, or today rather, whenever this goes up, I'm just talking about Resident Evil Village. It is 1 o'clock in the morning on the day after uh, the game had released. I have finished the game. <laughs> um, I have, I've beaten the game. And I'm going to spend the next however many minutes uh, it takes in order to discuss Resident Evil Village. Um, I'm going to start with a spoiler-free review. And then I'm going to discuss the overall plot of the game. Um, basically, the entire journey. Um, and then, uh, if I don't do it throughout discussing the overall plot, I will circle back around at the end to discuss some... Um, individual bits and pieces that I very much enjoyed. So let's do the spoiler-free review, because I do recognize that the game has just come out, um, at least at the time of recording this, um, and I want to be respectful and let people go into this experience spoiler-free, because that's how I did it, and I very much enjoyed the ride. Um, so, just for a bit of context, this was the very first Resident Evil game that I physically played um, I have seen playthroughs of all of the other Resident Evil games, um, like, you know, 1 to 7, um, especially 7, because I rewatched uh, some playthroughs of 7 to get ready for Resident Evil 8, um, just so I knew characters and stuff like that. But um, before this game, I would have said my favorite Resident Evil game was 4, because, of course... Um, that's that is more, I guess, more actiony, more more you know, cinematic, I guess, than um, scary. And this one, this game shares a lot of similarities with four, um, which we'll get into once I get past the the spoiler free section. Um, but this game was very good. Um, I I I would say short. I did complete the entire game in under ten hours. Um, but at the same time, I skipped a bunch of stuff. Um, like there were many rooms left unexplored, especially towards the latter half of the game. Um, so the game is kind of as long or as short as you want it to be. There is an achievement, um, if you beat the game in under three hours, which means that's possible. Um, I'm not sure how, having just finished the game, how that's conceivable, let alone possible. Um... But the game is as long or as short as you want it to be. And for me, I felt like this was the perfect length. I, I feel like I really experienced everything the game had to offer in the amount of time I played it. And despite my enjoyment of the ride, I know it will either be never or an incredibly long time before I play this game again. Simply because I'm good. <laughs> um, I, I, I got everything the game was trying to give me. Um... I thought it was a very enjoyable ride. I mean, quite clearly, I enjoyed playing it because I beat the entire game um, the day after it came out. Um, so, yes, I very much enjoyed it. Um, if you enjoy uh, thematic first-person shooters with a pretty good story, um, pretty good music, graphically, graphically it looked incredible. Um, and I'd say overall, you don't need an in-depth knowledge 
of Resident Evil to appreciate this game. It helps. There's definitely a lot of like small things here and there um, that are references to earlier games that somebody like me who you know has like heard nerds talk about Resident Evil, I go, oh, that's this thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, overall, I would give this game a, I'm thinking 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10 um, for this game. And uh, if you want to know why it doesn't get a perfect score, um, then we're going to have to get into some spoilers. So before we do that, just final word, um, I do recommend this game. It's um, a, a very good horror game is what I will say. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it isn't scary because it is. Um, at times, but then again, I'm also a coward when it comes to stuff like this, so maybe I'm not the per best judge of it, um, but I was legitimately spooked and more often than not very stressed when playing this game, um, so, which is why I don't normally play games like this, but it is fun, and it is it is a good fucking Resident Evil game, um, and I think it is way better than 7, even though I didn't play 7, um, I think just everything about this game was just heads and shoulders better than seven. That is the final thing I will say that is spoiler free. I will now give everybody a couple of seconds to shut the podcast off. If you don't want to be spoiled. All right. Looks like we're getting into some spoilers. Your final warning. I will spoil the ever living fuck out of this game. So if you don't care, then this podcast is for you. I stand by my review. It is very good. But now let's talk about what happens in this game. First thing you do when you boot up, it actually gives you a little recap of RE7, which is great because I didn't physically play RE7, but it gives you a little recap of what that game was about. Um, knowing where the game goes, it probably didn't do enough of a recap. Like there were bits missing that become like important plot-wise later on um, from RE7 that kind of gets completely glossed over, but that's fine, whatever. You know, if it was a, a full recap, it'd probably be like 20 minutes and people want to play RE8, not watch a movie about RE7. So you do that. And then you're hit with this thing called, I think it's Valley of the Shadows or something like that. It's a children's book um, animated in a very similar style to like the only good scene from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Um, that, like the three brothers story. It looks like that. That's what it's animated like. Um, and that whole intro is phenomenal. Um, and I mean, I'm doing spoilers. You, you basically find out at the end of the game that, Hey, surprise, surprise. That intro was the plot of the game. What? That's crazy. Oh my God. Is that why they did it? Is that why they did it that way? Probably. Um, but I still thought it was a really fun intro and you are the, the story is being read by Mia and you, um, have a daughter named Rose, which is short for Rosemary, and this is three years after the events of Resident Evil 7, um, and you go and put Mia, or Rose to bed, and you go talk to Mia, and then Mia gets absolutely riddled with bullets, um, and Redfield shows up, having killed Mia, um, and then Redfield and all of his buds, um, load you, Rose, and Mia's corpse up into a truck and you pass out. Um, and then you wake up in the wreckage of the truck in the middle of the woods at night 
um, with no Rose and no Mia body. Just complete fucking. There's nothing. You you stumble off into the woods into the dark, and um, that brings me to my first complaint. I had the brightness of this fucking game jacked up to as high as it could go. And there were still points in this game where I could not see shit. There is this dynamic lighting engine in this game that when you enter into a dark zone, it takes a second for your, like, your eyes to adjust to the darkness and then things kind of brighten up a little bit. So I kind of get what they were going for, but I was more frustrated than anything else by how impossible it was to see anything. And what also irritated me about that was the fact that my flashlight would turn on and off by itself based solely on the whims of the game. And I hated it. I wanted full control over my flashlight. I would have had that fucker on all the goddamn time. Which, like, I don't... I guess because of, like, the theming, they didn't want you to, like, see as much. But, like, at the same time... Sometimes it was really fucking hard to know where you were going. And I would, like, opening the map to figure out where the fuck you're going completely kills the momentum of, like, any sort of, like, stress-inducing encounter. Um, And, I mean, that is also just, like, nice. You can, if you open any menu whatsoever, the game pauses. And you can't get hit in the menu. Which is great because if it's like, I just burned through all my shotgun bullets... I gotta switch to a different gun. Pause. Switch. No problem. Um, but yeah, the lighting engine is 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 kind of hit or miss for me. Um, and that's one of many reasons why this game did not get a perfect score. Um, graphically, the game does look phenomenal. Um, it Photorealism is a, is a big part of this game. Um, and I was playing it on PlayStation 5, and it looked unbelievable on PlayStation 5. The ray tracing, the particle effects, like, graphically, the way people's faces moved, like, it all looked amazing on PlayStation 5. So, there you go. Anyway, you're stumbling along through the dark woods. Eventually, you, you like, cut your hand on a barbed wire fence or whatever, and um, you find, like, a hut, and you're, you're being hounded on all sides by, like, just noises and voices and growls and things like that and you don't know what the fuck it is um in classic horror movie style you're just being you're being pursued by something but you don't know what it is um eventually you get through this like dark wood bit and then eventually you see the castle in the distance very bloodborne dark souls style and then you see the village sprawling out below you um and you make your way into the village um and the village is Probably the the closest thing in this game to a central hub. It's your Majula. Um, it's it's your it's your you know it's your hub world. But when you first show up, there's a lot of things up in this village. Um, this is where you encounter the first type of enemies in the game called lichens. So you got your werewolf people, um, and throughout your initial adventure into the village. You eventually find a knife, and you find a gun, and then you find a shotgun. And throughout this, you're being attacked by, like, one to two lichens. And then out of nowhere, like, 70 show up. 
and they just keep coming in this endless wave of nonsense. And then this really big motherfucker shows up with a hammer, and his name's Urias. And they just fucking romper stomp all over you. Like, it is a... There's just no way you can come out on top of that. You don't have enough ammo. You don't have enough powerful weapons. Your only recourse would be to hack people with the knife. And apparently, according to the achievements list, it is actually possible to defeat Urias at that point in the game. There's an achievement for it. I don't know how that's fucking possible. It's it it's designed to have you lose to make the game progress. What even happens if you beat him there? I have no idea. But yeah, eventually you do that for a while. And then the werewolves are called away for some reason. I'm guessing because Miranda didn't want you to die yet or something like that. Anyway, the werewolves all run off. And then you launch into the village demo. The demo everybody played before the game came out. Uh, you talk to the old woman. You explore the, the village a bit more. You eventually stumble across an, an old man who got attacked by one of the lichens and his daughter. You go to the safe house. Um, the old man attacks and kills everybody. The daughter dies pointlessly. <sighs> Sorry. It is like one in the morning. And you kind of scurry on past all of that stuff. And um, you get out of that house. Uh, and you have discovered all of the statue pieces you needed to unlock the castle, Dimitres. Um, and you make your way up to the castle. And on your way to the castle, you encounter the Duke, your your friendly, enormous merchant. Um, and I, I, you know, if you're listening to this, you signed up for spoilers, you don't find out what his deal is. Um, he, he, the game does ask him, point blank, who or what are you? And he goes, even I don't know the answer to that. And that's all we get. Um, so... My, my guess is he is he's clearly affected by what's going on in this village T to what degree I'm not entirely sure um, but he is an abnormally large individual who sells you stuff and this brings me to my second point in the game I ended the game with so much money and nothing to buy like there were things available in the store I just didn't want them or I didn't have the inventory room for them. There are more weapons in this game than you can carry around in your attache case. Even if you upgrade that all the way to max, which I did do, for the record. Um, it got to the point where my inventory was so fucking full, I actually sold some of my... I sold the original pistol and the original shotgun back to him. So I had room in my inventory. And that gave me something like... $140,000 in those two things right there. Um, so, after a certain point, money was not an issue for me. The issue was I didn't have anything to spend it on. Um, my weapons would all be fully upgraded. I would have cleaned them out of every drop of ammo I could have gotten my hands on. Every recipe, you know, like, there's just there was just nothing. Um, and then that kind of... That kind of is a problem because what's the point of treasure what's the point of me exploring every room to get things to sell if there's nothing to buy and then I just started leaving rooms 
unexplored because it didn't matter at that point. I'm like, I have like $300,000. I don't need treasure. It's all pointless. So I just skipped shit and I beat the game. Um, so yeah, I do, I do enjoy the Duke, um, as a character. I mean, he, he's your buddy throughout like most of this. Um, and he's, he's very cool. It doesn't explain how he gets around so easily or how he can be in like pretty dire zones uh, just without fear. It just doesn't talk about it. Um, and th- as far as I'm aware, there's only one piece of paper in the actual fucking game itself that mentions him by name. And it's in the castle of Dimitres. Uh, and it's basically just like Dimitres being like the Duke business propositions. And that's it. It's just like, oh, okay, well then I don't know what his deal is. Um, but you encounter him outside the castle and then you go into the castle and I love the castle. Um, the castle is, is probably the bit that I knew the most about going into this game. Um, oh, sorry. Actually hindsight. Let me step it back. I skipped a bit. So after you're done with Louise's house, right? Um, you actually kind of get kidnapped. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact circumstances of this because this was a while ago for me. Um, but you go down into like this fucking um, like dungeon, basically, where you see Mother Miranda, uh, Lady Demetres, um, uh, you know, big titted vampire lady, uh, Heisenberg, who is the who looks like the guy from Bloodborne, um, and then you see the other two bosses. Moreau, who is this gross frog-like looking bulbousy man, and the, I, I think her name was Alice, the fucking doll, the porcelain doll, the talking porcelain doll. You see the other two. And when I was playing this game, they were brand new to me. I hadn't seen anything about those two. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And then the scope of the game just doubled in my head because I'm like, oh, instead of just Bloodborne guy and vampire lady. Now there's two other motherfuckers I gotta worry about. And Mother Miranda. So now the bosses went from two to five. And I was just like, alright, this game might take me a minute. And you go there. And um, the, the, the four bosses are fighting amongst themselves who is going to kill Ethan. Um, and eventually Heisenberg wins the argument. Um, and Ethan basically flees from... A bunch of traps and a bunch of werewolves. I just, I just sprinted through that, and um, Heisenberg fails to kill you. And then we skip back ahead to the castle, where basically, as soon as you first walk in and enter like the main hall, you're accosted by the three bug daughters, um, whose names are like Bella, Cassandra, Delilah, or something like that. And um, I very much enjoyed the bug daughters. Um, they're good pursuing enemies. Uh, I believe the actress who portrayed the Bug Daughters passed away before the game actually came out, so that's very sad. She did a wonderful job. Um, But in terms of their individual boss fights, those were some of the easiest fucking fights I've seen in any game, let alone this one. Like, they didn't like cold air, so then it just became a matter of finding where the cold air was coming from and making it blow on them and then shoot them when they're cold and then they're dead. And you do that three times. Granted, the, the solution to finding the cold air is different in each battle, but, I mean, one of the most interesting boss fights of of any of these fucking games was the Jack fight in RE7, and that occurs within, like, 
an hour of playing that game. There's like four or five different ways you can defeat Jack in that encounter. I love that. I love the variety of it. This shit, nah, just make him cold and shoot him. There's no, it's not really all that clever. Um, at least those fights weren't. There was, there were some other ones later on that are a bit more involved. Um, but those three died easy. The castle exploration itself, I'm not going to go like room to room, but essentially you basically need to find, essentially you basically, essentially you need to find four angel masks spread all over the castle in order to open the front door, um, and basically leave. Um, and throughout that adventure, you kill all three of the bug ladies. I believe after the second, I think after the first bug lady, actually, um, the head honcho, Dimitres, starts roaming the castle, basically looking for you. Um, so you'll be chilling in a room, just hanging out, collecting goods, and you go to open the door to the next room, and she'll just waltz right in and fucking hunt your ass down. Um, and it is very stressful. But it was also one of the better parts of the game. I thought the castle level was amazing. The The intricacy of the level design was awesome. Um, the constant threat of either bug ladies or vampire lady getting you was, was pretty cool. And you do encounter uh, Dimitris a couple of times, like in little boss arenas, um, before you uh, reach the end of the castle. But I very much enjoyed the castle. I believe, yeah, no, it is easily my favorite boss zone and level in the game and um eventually you know you fight Demetres who warps into this enormous dragon-like venus flytrap creature um and you beat her and you leave the castle and you can never go back um basically after you like start the final encounter with Demetres, the castle is no longer available to you um, or at least I could not figure out a way to go back to the castle. Um, that being said, I don't believe I ever went back to like the main drawbridge with my crank. Um, so maybe there's a way back to the castle, but I did not do it. Um, which I regret <sighs> pretty hard because I would have loved to explore that castle further, especially once everybody was dead in it. So it was just an empty fucking castle. Anyway, but I love the castle. And then once you defeat the castle, you find this rectangular jar that you don't know what it is. You make your way out of the castle to this uh, through a series of tunnels, and eventually you find like the ceremony ritual site, um, which ends up being the final boss arena. Surprise! Um, but you go past that, and then you cross like a river, and you find the altar. Um, where you put uh, the little yellow rectangle you picked up. Um, but the Duke is there, and the Duke drops just a ton of exposition on you when you get to this point in the game. And he goes like, there's three other bosses you've got to go fight. Don't you want the other f three pieces of your daughter? Because that's what's in the yellow jars. Um, are, are pieces of your daughter, Rose. Um, who apparently Mother Miranda had turned into crystal and then shattered her so the four pieces could be guarded by the four bosses of the game. We are now about two and a half to three hours into the game, depending on your speed. 
Uh, castle Dimitrescu is average to take about two hours. There's a lot to do in that castle. The next boss up is the fucking porcelain doll. And by comparison, you can defeat the porcelain doll level in probably under 20 minutes. Um, it flew by, but it only feels like that looking back on it because at the time, it's, you know, it is pure suspense um, dealing with that doll. So you, you make your way to the castle and there's nothing really interesting along the way. Um, or not the castle, the mansion. Oh, and then you, sorry. Then you make it to the castle. Mansion, fuck. And it's empty. Completely empty. The, the, the first, like, first time you enter that, that mansion, nothing comes out at you. Not until you go down into the elevator does anything interesting happen. You can explore that entire place unmolested. Nothing's gonna get you. It's, it's pure suspense because you think something's gonna come at you. The game does nothing to make you think that, except the fact that it's a Resident Evil game and it's a horror game and you have all these weapons. And so you are paranoid and are creating the tension, even though the game has done nothing to elicit such a reaction. Um, and that's just brilliant. When, when just playing the game in a completely safe environment is stressful, is, is, is how the magic of these fucking games work. Um... So, of course, you know, I'm fucking heart-pounding, edge of my seat this whole fucking time. Um, eventually, you go downstairs, and you find the classic bunch of just creepy dolls, um, including a, a life-size model of your wife, Mia, whom you gently rip apart to get items to solve puzzles in this fucking house. The parallels between that level and the infamous PlayStation 4 demo of PT is absurd. Um, this whole, like, you go in this hallway and it's different every time you go and you do all the, all these things to activate different things. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, eventually you are accosted by an enormous... I guess it was a baby... I think fetus is a better term for it because it did have the umbilical cord kind of going on. This enormous, grotesque, mutated fetus um, who chases after you while screaming like a baby, while laughing and crying like a baby, intermittently saying, Mama, Dada. Um, and it's fucked up. Um, that whole house is built on jump scares and disturbing imagery and is probably the scariest... No, it is the scariest part of the entire game. That 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 chunk. It's right proper fucked. It is straight fucked. Um, I don't do horror well, and that shit was not cool um, at all in the slightest. So I did not enjoy that at all. But it is a mercifully short bit of the game. You eventually stab that doll in the head three times with a pair of scissors, and you beat the boss. And then you head back to uh, the... What's his face? The Duke sell all your shit, uh, put the next bit of your daughter into the altar, and then it's up for round three, which is Moreau. Um, getting to Moreau, you go through like a lot of tunnels, and as I previously explained, so the lighting engine in this game is poor, um, so that's a miserable experience. Uh, but in those tunnels, you rediscover your good buddy, Chris Redfield. And Redfield basically just tells Ethan to stay the hell out of his way before they're all attacked by a giant fish. 
Uh, and of course, it wouldn't be a Resident Evil 4 sequel if there wasn't a giant fish level. Um, because that's that's one of the bits of Resident Evil 4 I can always remember in the back of my head. Yeah, giant fucking fish level. Anyway, you find Moreau, and he's just like the saddest fucking guy. He's just like, I want my mom to be proud of me. And he's covered in gross boils and stuff like that, and he's not having a good day. Um, but you eventually make your way to like Reservoir where there's the aforementioned giant fish and um, you're going through from like destroyed building roof submerged in water to destroyed building roof submerged in water um, and you're, you're solving puzzles and you're collecting items while avoiding the fish and eventually you turn the power back on to the sluice gate and you drain the water away and then you have to go into the dried out lake in order to escape the zone because the exit to the zone was underwater which it was like a little tunnel or something like that and you get down there and now it's time to fight the fish creature but now it's um, amphibious because it's merged with Moreau um, and so that's probably like one of the more Resident Evil-y boss fights where you basically like lay traps or blow up the, the fire barrels in order to do damage to this thing um, I did almost die in my in my fight with him, um, but I was able to get a mine down just in time uh, for it to explode and kill the guy before he killed me. Um, so I didn't almost die, but I was able to defeat that boss. It was a fun fight. Um, that zone was was pretty good. Uh, probably my second favorite zone. Um, the first being the the castle, second zone being the lake, and third price is tied between the fucking terrible doll, <sighs> because fuck that shit, or Heisenberg, because fuck that shit. Uh, so you defeat the third boss, you get the bit of rose, you go stick it in the thing, um, and then Heisenberg fucking chimes in, and he sounds way too much like Nicolas Cage for his own good, um, but he goes, go get my piece of rose. And uh, you and I will sit down and have a nice chat. And so you end up going to this thing called the Stronghold, um, which is where all the lichens are. Um, and you fight your way through just armies of lichens, like so many armies of lichens. Bring pipe bombs if you have them. Um, and just start throwing them at these crowds. And you eventually come face to face with Urias, the big fucking haggardy looking motherfucker from the beginning of the game. You kick his ass. Um, that was a, a harder fight. You get the bit you need, and then you um, go chase down Heisenberg. Um, but first you put all the kid pieces in the uh, the altar, and you peel it away, and it basically becomes a cup. And a bridge appears out of nowhere. Uh, and then you head off to the factory, Heisenberg's factory, because he has this weird manipulation of metal, uh, which is apparently is more like he controls electricity and can affect the electromagnetic fields and then control metal that way. Heisenberg's factory, from a level point of view, sucked. Um, it wasn't scary like the castle. It was just a pain in the ass to get around in because it was multiple layers within multiple layers. Um, the map was confusing to read. Um, and... I blew through ammo 
so fucking fast in that zone. Like, I I had like no bullets after Heisenberg's zone, and that's why I left most of Heisenberg's factory undiscovered because it was just like, I just want to get out of here. You know, it's and of course the irony is if I did explore the rest of Heisenberg's factory, I probably would have had way more ammo. But it was a catch twenty two because each new room and each new area could have spawned one of those stupid fucking enemies where you have to shoot them in the glowing weak spot. Um, which is hard because they cover it with their hands. <sighs> so yeah, I, did, I didn't enjoy Heisenberg's level very much. What I did enjoy about Heisenberg's level was you make it to the top and Heisenberg basically knocks you all the way back down to the bottom. Uh, and at the very bottom of that place, you encounter Chris again. And Chris gives you the skinny. He gives you He gives you the what's up. The, the reason for basically the whole game. Turns out, at the very beginning of the game, when Chris mowed down Mia with just a ton of bullets, wasn't Mia. Mother Miranda, the final boss in the entire game, had somehow gained the ability to transform her appearance and make herself look like anyone. And so that was Mia at the beginning of the game. Was Mother Miranda in disguise? Wouldn't you think it? So, yeah, you, you learn that bit of tasty knowledge. And then Chris goes, we're going to get your daughter back. But first, I need you to blow up Heisenberg with this fucking tank I found down here. And then you get into a dope-ass tank fight with Heisenberg, which actually gave me Duke Nukem Forever flashbacks um, because of, of, of that whole fucking game. But it also reminded me of Saints Row 4 when you are defending the White House in like a fucking turret gun. Um, and you, and you shoot all the aliens out of the sky or whatever. Um, but you fight Heisenberg in the tank and it's super fun and it's super thematic. Uh, and then after that fight, uh, mother Miranda shows up and after a little bit of a, how do how's your father? She straight up rips your heart out and crushes it over her face. And then Ethan dies. You are now about seven and a half hours into this game. And Ethan's no more. Um, I got a lot of friends who aren't big fans of Ethan. Um, and even I was sitting there being like, okay, this is a different move. What's going to happen now? Um, and then fucking Redfield rolls up. And you play as Chris Redfield. And he's fully kitted out. He's got just tons of great weapons that do tons of damage. He has the night vision goggles, which are super fucking useful. And I wish Ethan had those the entire fucking game, but he didn't. So I have to deliver it. Um, and Chris is all about getting to the, the fungal source where the mold is coming from, because that's what's causing everything in this village to happen. It's the same fucking mold from RE7. Um, and they even go so far as to say that the mold originated from this area of the world. And then you mow your way through all these <sighs> poor, poor lichens who are so just innocent under the, the fucking onslaught of Chris Redfield. And there's a bunch of ammo drops all over the place, so you're never low on anything, and you end up with something like 700 fucking bullets for your machine gun. And it feels amazing. Um, and you're you're fighting along, and you're blowing dudes up, and you're killing a bunch of things, and eventually you find your way to Mother Miranda's lab, wherein you discover the original Mia, who's alive and well. Shockingly enough. And um, Chris is like, we gotta go. And Chris tells Mia that Ethan's dead. And 
me is like, you don't know him like I do. He's special. And then it cuts back to Ethan waking up, because he's not actually dead, um, and having a afterlife hallucination with Evelyn. And Evelyn breaks down the skinny and lets Ethan knows what's up. Turns out, Ethan canonically died at the beginning of Resident Evil 7 when Jack first shows up. Jack kills Ethan then and there, and then the mold forms Ethan. So Ethan is just pure mold, um, and that's why he could staple his hand back on and have it reattach. Or in this game where he gets his hand chopped off, and he reattaches it with with first aid um, magic. It actually does kind of um, make a lot of sense because it explains why the healing juices worked or how he was able to survive all of the nonsense that he was put through. He wasn't ever really alive. It was the mold. Um, but that won't stop him from saving his daughter, goddammit. Uh, and then, despite my wishes, you do switch back to Ethan at that point. Um, and you leave Chris behind. And then Ethan is all ready for that final for that final encounter. Um, and when Ethan comes to, he's riding in the back of the Duke's wagon. Um, who's bringing him to Mother Miranda. They have a nice chat. We don't know anything about the Duke. And that is the last time you see the Duke. Um, and then you go after Mother Miranda. And that boss fight is... Um, for me, it was hard because I only had two healing items at the start of the game. And not a lot of ammo between most of my guns. So it was a bit of a challenge. I tried it twice on standard difficulty. <sighs> Which is what I played the entire game on. Was standard difficulty. Um, but then, by the time I got to this point in the game, it was like 11.45 at night and I wanted to finish this game and go to bed so after the second time I failed the game gave me the option to lower the difficulty and I took it and then I killed Miranda no problem because hey it turns out fighting on a casual mode it's pretty easy so you take her out um, and then Chris shows up um, and tries to get Ethan and the kid out of there Ethan's actively decomposing before his eyes um, he gives Chris Rose and his jacket and basically just hauls ass into the the spore fungal base and he blows it up and Mia's sad that her husband's dead. And that is the end of the game. The helicopter flies off into the sunset and the village has been cleansed of the mold issue. Um, and then the credits roll. And then after the credits, we get a scene several years in the future because Rose is all grown up and uh, visiting her dad's grave and it looks like that she is being going through some tests maybe some training under um, Redfield for whatever organization he's working for right now um, and so Resident Evil 9 is probably going to be about the daughter uh, and an aged Chris Redfield um, and the very end of the game one of the last things it says is like the father's story is now done um like the daughter story is about to begin or something like that so but I thought she looked really cool and I would love the hell out of a Resident Evil 9 from the perspective of such a cool badass character um, and that is the plot of Resident Evil 8 um, musically there was a lot of music it wasn't all to my taste a lot of like kind of just screeching violins um, to 
ramp up the tension. Um, sorry, I'm actively passing out my chair. Uh, I'm just trying to think of if there's anything else that I, I didn't mention that I wanted to talk about. I don't think so. Um, there are definitely items I got that I never picked up, like one half of a, of a combination treasure. Um, and I never found the other half. Situations like that kind of came up quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was such a fun game and I'm probably going to watch people play it on YouTube and Twitch for a while just so I can like see them get jumped at the bits that jumped me. Um, and there are a lot of jump scares. Uh, but I think that'll do it because I'm actively falling asleep in my chair while I talk to you. Um, and I can't think of anything else I really want to say about this game right now. So we'll call it, we'll call it a 40 minute podcast. Um, I'm going to go to bed, but I also need to brush my teeth. So I'm going to brush my teeth and then go to bed. Um, I do recommend the game uh, if you if you enjoy Resident Evil stuff. It's it's fun. Or if, if you don't want to get spooked, just watch somebody else play it. Because um, that is, in many ways, better. Because when they get spooked, you just get a laugh at them. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I will see you all next time for another episode. Have a good one, everyone.